The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brand you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder, Scott Harkey at the Harkey Group. And today we're going to hear why SoFi is rising. Uh, Joining us is Brad Simmons, who's the former CMO at Figure which is transforming the trillion-dollar financial service industry using blockchain technology. In four short years, Figure has unveiled a series of fintech first using the Providence blockchain for loan origination, equity management, private fund services, banking, and payment sectors, bringing speed, efficiency, and savings to both consumers and institutions. Today, Figure is almost a 1,000 companies and is considered a unicorn globally. And today, Brad and I are going to discuss the epic rise of the SoFi brand. Okay, here's my conversation with Brad Simmons, former CMO at Figure. What's up, dude? Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Right on. Well, let's dive into it. Certainly, financial service industry has gone through a ton of change. Um, you've seen it from the CMO seat. We have a ton of marketing people that listen to the show. We've, we've built a really cool marketing community. So let's get into it. Like, How was SoFi successful? I've seen them everywhere. Obviously, they've grown tremendously. I mean, I want to hear about Figure and, and dive into that as well. But let's first get into to SoFi. Like, what made them successful in a really competitive space and really not the most sexy of all spaces in financial <laughs> services, and probably not a ton of differentiation either. Yeah, no, there's some truth to that. It's I think the biggest thing was the Beachhead product of student loan refinance, which didn't exist prior to SoFi doing it. Right. So for those that don't know, it's like you know, you get to refinance your student loan debt out of, you know, a 7% federal loan into maybe a 2.5% private loan through SoFi. And that changes people's lives. They come out of school, some have $50,000, $60,000 in debt, some have hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. And, you know, they're just starting out in their careers and their financial lives, and they're already kind of strapped, right? And to have a product that can literally change their lives and improve the quality of their life by allowing them to have some breathing room in their finances and maybe even start investing uh, before they pay off those student loans and then helps them pay them off faster. So amazing product market fit, amazing attention to detail on the audience. So we call our target audience Henry's, so high earners, not rich yet. So we deeply understood our customers. We talked to them. We would have folks fly around the country and hold like happy hours or sessions on how to do a resume with our members. And it's super interesting 
for context is you go to some of these events where maybe it's a happy hour and you have all these you know folks that that are you know strapped with debt are sitting around talking about their finances talking about their debt and that was so like talking about your finances and your debt with total strangers was totally taboo but when you bring kind of you know these similar folks together you know some, something magic happens so not only did they understand the audience and the triggers and the opportunity to discuss things that were certainly keeping maybe that audience up at night, but they had the right product for it. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah. Yeah. And that's from kind of the product and the company perspective. But I think from a marketing perspective, seeing the success that SoFi had really boiled down to the people. It was such a great team, an amazing team led by the accomplished, you know, Joanne Bradford and my partner in crime kind of, uh, I too, in the organization peers of mine, one was a VP of brand, Meg Cirello and Margie Brown, who headed up a lot of our direct marketing. Help us understand SoFi Brand. Like how big is it like at scale globally? Help us try to quantify the type of brand reach that it had. Yeah, I think think it's been significantly amplified since the breaking ground and and now the SoFi Stadium. I mean, that's, (laughs) that's a massive billboard of epic proportions that, you know, only a brand that gets to a certain scale can can achieve that. Yeah, I mean, what a beautiful stadium too, by the way, in LA. I mean, $4 billion stadium is the yeah. <laughs> Mercedes-Benz of stadiums for sure. I mean, even, you know, Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas is is nice, but it's still not even close. And I, I love when brands take big jumps like that for a stadium because it just power brands, I think, are impressive to people as much as I think we as human beings like to think we're less superficial as we are. We do associate with power brands, brands that are have the money to be on billboards, to be sponsoring teams, be sponsoring stadium. Like it just it just works. Totally makes sense. Give us an idea of kind of your career. I'd love to hear kind of like your background and, and your career. And then I want to get into to figure. Yeah. So I've been in and around fintech for 20 years. Started my career at Experian. That's the credit report company, but there was a direct-to-consumer division and started there in my career and worked there for almost 10 years. And that was another brand. So I don't know if you remember, and I'm dating myself here, but uh, back to the freecreditreport.com, the jingles, the commercials, those were amazing. Like that built that brand almost overnight when those came out. And follow along, I mean, working with the genius of the Martin Agency and the creative director that we had, Mark Hershka, just great. The combination of those two and these spots really catapulted that, you know, that brand. And from there, I moved up to the Bay Area and started working in earlier stage startups, all through fintech, prop tech, and landed at SoFi in 2016, just post the billion dollar SoftBank round. And my first week on the job, we were literally two or maybe two or three weeks before the Super Bowl. And we were running an ad. So that was the first kind of coming out party for for SoFi was the 2016 uh, Super Bowl. And the Martin agency obviously worked on Geico and just an incredible agency I have a ton of respect for. I love agencies that are small markets too, as a, as a Phoenix, you know, Las Vegas agency guy, Martin agency, the work they've done for Geico for, you know, I don't know, 20 something, 30 years or whatever. That slogan, like free to credit report.com. Like what was that? Remember the jingle? What was the jingle? It was, that was amazing work. I remember when that launched. Yeah. Yeah. It was when we first heard the spots, 
it was, there was some skepticism, right? Like, oh, what, we're going to have like a, like a jingle, not just one, right? Like we did three ads kind of per session and I did it over three years. So I think there's, gosh, I want to say there's 13 songs maybe that are all freecreditreport.com related. And you can actually, you can see them on YouTube and they have millions of views and people still view and comment on them today, which is, it's like nostalgia now, right? Kind of going back to when those were on TV and they were on TV like all the time. (laughs) I know. So Martin Agency, Martin Agency is famous. I mean, like they were the first for Geico to have a bunch of different creatives, which was unheard of at the time to have 10 different ways to show how to save money on insurance. them having a, a variety of creative was sort of frowned upon at that time. So it sounds like they did the same thing for free credit report. That's really cool. Sorry to go off on a tangent on Martin Agency. And, uh, <laughs> no uh, but I think it's I think it's just super interesting. Yeah, they're great. I've tried to work with them throughout my career. And every time I end up landing at a company, I call them when we're going to do television and they always have a conflict, which is like <laughs> super disappointing because a lot of... You know, a lot of the companies I've worked with, like, you know, SoFi and Figure, it's like there's lending is the big thing. And they have Discover as a longtime client as well. So I always get, I always try, but uh, I haven't been able to work with them. But I look forward to one day, again, getting to work with the Martin Agency. I think they're a great group. Oh, that's awesome. So, okay. So what a career. So you, so you from Free Credit Report and Startup World, and then you end up at SoFi, build that brand. And now I want to hear about bigger? And how did you continue in the fintech world of building brands and now another unicorn, which is pretty impressive. So talk to us a little bit about the most recent four-year stint and success of building out the newest fintech brand. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I tell people this is like, I've tried to get out of fintech multiple times and I keep getting sucked back in. And so <laughs> I've, I've just given up. I'm going to be the fintech guy. And uh, But uh, while I was at SoFi, I did some work on a CMO advisory board for Y Combinator. I got the chance and opportunity to work with a lot of early stage startups, kind of solving marketing problems and go to market, messaging, positioning, things like that. And I really enjoyed that. So when I left SoFi, I went out and did uh, similar to what I'm doing now is doing fractional work for multiple like different companies. And one of my clients was Figure and I ended up joining them for three and a half years, almost four, almost four years if you count the, the time I was consulting with them. So you know, and it started out as just a home equity line of credit, right? Uh, HELOCs for on the lending side. Uh, what people really don't know is that kind of, kind of under the hood of figure, it's actually a blockchain holding company with three different businesses. There's the lending business, there's a payments business, and there's a marketplace business. And, you know, the most relevant from a brand perspective is the lending business. So, we started lending in in 2019, uh, late 2018, but really started to pour gasoline on the fire in 2019. And again, think of product market fit. Think of coming into you know 2000 or COVID and, and 2021 with with home prices skyrocketing. People have an all time high amount of equity that they're sitting on in their home. And what we really wanted to do is allow them to tap into that to make better financial decisions versus carrying higher interest debt and giving them access quickly. So if you went to your bank and tried to get a HELOC, it would take anywhere from 45 to 60 days. You have to get an appraisal. There's a bunch of hoops to jump through. And what Figure built was essentially a five-minute application 
where you could do it all online. Even the notary is done via video chat. And we give you access to the equity in your home in five days, right? So money deposit in five days. And that was just like mind-blowing, right? Similar to SoFi, where you're helping these people go from 7% interest down to 2 2.5% interest. You know, it's really a, a product that, that helps the consumer. And so what we did there is we started spinning up channels, direct mail, television, radio, partnerships and affiliates, social display. And just, I call it similar to, we did this at SoFi. I can get to that in a second, but I call it brand response. It's essentially building your brand by scaling performance channels and measuring everything like as minutely as you can to ensure that there's ROI. And that's what we were able to do at Figure and scale that business. I think when we came out of the gate, we were doing 10 to $20 million in loans a month. And you know, coming out of 2022, we were doing upwards of 300 million plus a month in loan originations. So it's almost like the rocket mortgage, the fast way for heat lock kind of at the right time. That's pretty amazing. I mean, I, I'm looking at your, your screen here. You're obviously in San Francisco. I see the bridge in the background and certainly talking about White Common Air. I've known a ton of people have gone through White Common Air and have a ton of respect for that network and group of people. For people that don't know, you know, White Combinator is the place and the incubation for some of the biggest tech brands in the world. And I love San Francisco tech brands because there certainly is a formula for success to build brands at scale. Airbnb had come through, I believe, White Combinator. Uh, you name a brand, they've come through there. And it sounds like there's a lot of support of people and founders that help the next generation of tech companies come through there. So the white Combinator thing makes a ton of sense. I love your fractional CMO work. Uh, there's so many people that need a really good CMO to help them steward their way through life. Do you have maybe a, a few insights for our audience that make brands successful, like coming to market? I mean, you've done so many brands that have launched into market and most of those has been my understanding, my experience don't work. Is there best practices there as, as you know, the next tech startup brand, maybe not in San Francisco or the marketing person listening to the show that is maybe needs some confidence from where they're going? Like, you know, how do we bring the next brands to market? Is there a few things that you've learned? Is, is it scale? Is it fundraising? I mean, certainly San Francisco has the money to put into marketing to make these brands. And I, I'm sure that's a big part of it. But is there any other keys to success for bringing a brand to market? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the most important pillars is your messaging, right? And understanding your audience. That I've seen as an example, we had a business, a SaaS business in figure, part of the marketplace vertical called Figure Equity Solutions. So when we launched that product, it was called Adnalis, and uh, which is, I think it's Greek or Latin for ledger. But so we launched, we we're you know part of Figure, we launched this, this product and go to market called Adnalis. I sat in on and closed the first 35 deals, you know, for that product with our head of product on Zoom calls during COVID. And one of the really interesting things after I would say about a dozen calls, we kept getting these questions. And there was a couple things. Uh, we tried to play up the whole blockchain element too much. We thought it was like kind of novel and cool and differentiated in the marketplace. So we had mentions of that. And then this name, Anolis, when we got on the call with founders and talked to them about this cap table management product, their response was, well, how does Anolis tie into figure? And what does blockchain have to do 
with anything. And so we'd spend the first 15 minutes of a demo kind of like explaining ourselves. And then we'd jump into the demo and our demo to close rate was about 30%. And so we kind of stepped back. We were raising money at one point and our head of investor relations came to me and said, hey, Brad, can you come talk to our investors? They want to know what does the Nalus have to do with figure and what's all this talk about blockchain? So literally investors have the same kind of challenges in like understanding, you know, this brand and kind of how we were talking about it, how we were positioning it in the market. So we kind of about-faced, rebranded, called it figure equity solutions versus Adnalis, and then really broke down the product and what it does for founders and came up with, you know, a very simple explanation on what the platform does for them, which enables them to raise, manage, and trade their private company equity. And that just clicked. And once we kind of rebranded, repositioned, cleaned up the messaging, our demo to close rate went to 80%. And we never got any of those questions about, you know, why is it called this? What's blockchain have to do? We stripped blockchain out of everything, (laughs) pretty much. And yeah, I mean, that shows the power of messaging and getting it right to the audience is like, you go from a 30% close rate to an 80% close rate. I've seen a pattern on this show, uh, whether it's been Casey from Rocket Mortgage, yourself, we had Mike Linton on, you know, former Ancestry.com CMO before. And, and yeah, Mike's awesome. You know, or Davis from LifeLock. I keep referring to the, these brands and these people because the word I hear often is lightning in a bottle. And you know when you have it. You know when your message really starts to resonate with an audience pretty quickly. And that gives you a lot more confidence to raise money and spend more in marketing. So that's kind of it's a cool story to continue kind of the thread of what makes success for launching brands. But what I want to do is I I know we're going to have you back for another episode. And we're supposed to talk a little bit more about figure in the next episode. And I I kind of jumped the gun, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) We're going to come back. I I want to move it maybe to a little more insights for CMOs. Title will be, you know, figures, brand building, with blockchain. So we'll dive into that a little bit more. But I want to wrap up this episode of the Rebrand Podcast. And I want to tease our marketing community that we're going to have another one with you on. And, and similar to Mike and other great CMOs, I'm excited to have you back because I, I think you, uh, you're going to give us the insights that we crave in our job to be successful. So in part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Brad and I are going to continue to discuss Bigger's brand building with blockchain. Uh, and then we're going to dive into maybe biggest mistakes, biggest opportunities, launching brands. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Brad, you'll find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can talk, contact him on Twitter, where his handle is twitter.com, Brad, S-M-M-M-N-S, or visit his company website at bradresponse.io. Very tech San Francisco of you, the, the .io there. One in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast, head over to rebrandpod.com. We'll have all the summaries, episodes, our guests, contact info, all the good stuff. Of course, you can subscribe. we got a newsletter. we got all the stuff. You can reach out to us on social media at rebrandpod, LinkedIn, Twitter, all the stuff. I'm SharkyAZ on Twitter. You can also find me at Scott Harkey on Instagram and LinkedIn. Again, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We're, we're, we're close to 5,000 people that, that subscribe in less than three months. So we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we want to continue putting that that content out for marketers. You know, we're not going to go the educational book route. We're going to go in the streets, marketing, street smart kind of stuff that's going to help us do our job better today. That's it for today. But remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.